Hello everyone. Hi, welcome to Assistance Stories, the podcast from the Global Association of Assistance Professionals. I am your host today, Tom Bull, CEO of Lexica, and I'm joined today by a uh, absolutely smashing chap called Sven. Now, I'm going to absolutely butcher your surname, Sven. Please forgive me. Um, <laughs> it's Sven Sharoff. Am I even close? That's good. That's good. Very close, Tom. Very close. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. You're very kind. I'm sure you're just being generous there. But Sven is the chief ops officer of MD Medicus, which is a company based in Spain and Germany. We're going to hear all about it. Um, and I, I, I hope you're looking forward to it. So let's just get into it. Sven, hi. Firstly, how are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you for having me here. It's a real pleasure. I'm, I'm so grateful for you. I've been trying to get you on this show for... A long time, but you've been a busy guy. You've been avoiding me. <laughs> I'm not avoiding you, but I'm really a busy guy. That's that's true. That's true. Yeah. But now it, we are here. How has it been in Mallorca? It must have been really, really, really hot. It is really hot. We are boiling. Uh, today there was uh, 36, 37 degrees, depending to the location. Yeah. That is in the hot. morning at 10, we reached 30 degrees at 10 in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Today. <laughs> and it's been like that for a while? Um, we have this kind of weather since six weeks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and uh, we will have it for the next two weeks. And maybe, maybe then we will have the next rain. Let's see. Oh, so it must be a, a dry, barren wasteland right there at the moment. Yes, it is. It is. And, and unfortunately, there were some fires um, on Mallorca. Uh, oh, you've had but, them too. Uh, not, yeah, not not that big, uh, but but um, of, of course, it, everything is dry. And um, so fire is a, a logic consequence. And especially if we have tourists smoking everywhere and snipping their cigarettes. and Because, of course, it's also yeah. busy tourism season right there now, isn't it? Totally. Yeah, everything is totally busy fully booked and um yeah is it at least having a a tourism recovery because po- i'm not sure if it's a full recovery because uh, a lot of the hotels um made special discounts to uh to uh, get back their old volume so I'm, I'm not sure if this really it's 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 a recovery this year but if if the volume uh it's the same it will be the same next year um uh, it's uh, it's we can speak from a recovery definitely i see i see let's let's talk work a little bit then so i've got to be honest of all our guests probably up until now i actually know the least about md medicus and because um, from what I know of you, obviously you, you provide assistance services, but you are also a, a medical services provider and a lot of other things as well, aren't you? It's quite a big, complex company. It it is a big, complex company. Yes, it's uh, it started with um, the the classic medical assistance for for travelers uh, all over the world for. Uh, one or two insurance companies, not more. And uh, in the same time, we we started. Um, before I started with the company, mm-hmm. um, we, we, we've done um, um, medical advice on telephone for um, one, only one German health insurance company okay. um, who, who wanted to offer their clients a special service, 24-7 doctor on the phone service. And, and yeah, we, we, the company was founded uh, in 1996. 
seven, I'm not totally sure indeed, uh, with uh, four people in the operations, including our, our the, the uh, founder of the company. Okay. And and uh, one and a half doctor. Right. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was all. And um, these six people um, were responsible twenty four seven and um, the whole year. Oh wow! Right, busy people. Um, yeah, yeah, that's how they started. And um, um, since this time, it it grows every year. It grows, and uh, now we have more than four hundred uh, people in in different offices and different locations, different countries. Wow. And, um, yeah. So how does, and our huge company, yeah. <laughs> for, well, four hundred employees is, is seriously successful. That's that's great going. What? How? How? How does the company describe itself? What do you call yourselves? Wow. Um, yeah, it depends. Uh, 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 to, it depends to the the part of the country you are talking about. We uh, we are definitely a medical assistance company for still for travelers all over the world, but. Um, um, also for for business travelers, for expats and their families all over the world, and in the context with the expats, we are um, also a TPA, not only the medical assistance company. In case something happens, we are also the TPA, and we are the caretaker for for the expats and their families, and um, we we help them to prepare their assignment and um, to to be prepared for the new location where is the uh, pediatrician where is the the um, uh, family doctor whatever and and we yeah we assist them um, not only in case of an accident or of an acute illness um, we are responsible in germany for a lot of patients with chronic illnesses we have special programs for for those people um, diabetes breast cancer um uh, heart problems, uh, cardiac problems, um, and um, there are special programs um, paid by the um, health insurance in Germany, by the social health, health insurance, and we are doing those programs. Yeah, a small part of that, what we are doing. <laughs> okay, so you actually delivered healthcare services within Germany on behalf of the German mm-hmm. National Healthcare Service. Yes, also of the national healthcare service, and but also of the private healthcare service. Okay. So um, uh, everything what uh, uh, health insurance wants to provide to their client, um, we are the, the 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 perfect partner for it. Wow. If you want a special hotline for uh, people with uh, psycho- psychological problems, um, we, we can do that. Wow. For example. Right. Okay. So yeah, that is a, a very multifaceted business then definitely absolutely absolutely and is it those two locations then you have a, a hub in germany uh we have the the head office in in, in germany in mm-hmm. ludwigshafen um nobody knows this uh, town right no nope. and uh, the next bigger town a lot of people uh, knows is heidelberg for example okay yeah next airport frankfurt i see right and the other location is on mallorca Nice. The other office is on Mallorca. Okay. And Mallorca, that's that's where home is for you, isn't it? That's correct. Since 2018, I'm on Mallorca. I think you probably picked the uh, the more desirable of the two, maybe. Can we say that? <laughs> Are you all right with that? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's it's nice to, to live on Mallorca, but I, I have to work as all other people in the company. Um, sure. 
And our office is not in a very nice location. It is uh, it is uh, a complex with a lot of uh, other offices, uh, a hospital, uh, a nursing home, and I don't have sea view. Oh, what a shame! <laughs> oh no. Have, have a word with someone's friend, get that sorted out. Yeah, and we do have other uh, small, small locations and not not huge offices, but we have stuff in Thailand, in the United States, in in uh, in, in France and in Peru. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, we're, we're stuff from office working from, from home office. Brilliant, brilliant. So your title there is Chief ops officer. That sounds like one of those roles that covers an awful lot where you probably are in charge of all sorts of things. But what's it what's yeah. it what's it like? What's what's a day like in your life when you're working? Uh, oh my my daily life, okay. Uh <laughs> a big chaos. <laughs> right. Um no, I'm res- I'm responsible for first of all I'm responsible for our um uh, 24/7 operations. Um the the stuff resp- which is responsible for for answering the emergency calls. Um, the uh, arranging the uh, repatriations, um, the, the emergency claims, um, paying the hospitals and um, all those uh, things. Right. Um, then I'm responsible for our international pro- supplier network. Um, I'm the contact person for the hospitals uh, and for our ambulance companies, ground ambulance companies, air ambulance companies working for us. Um, right. I'm responsible to represent the company on... For example, on the ITIC, uh-huh. um, together with my colleague Robert Kuleza, who is also responsible um, to our uh, to to represent the company on such events, um, for example, and I am um, also responsible for our TPA services. Goodness, that's rather a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you're a busy guy. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, how do you find the the burden, I suppose, the challenge of being responsible for emergency response services. Um, it takes a certain kind of person, doesn't it, to be able to do that? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In, in my former life, I, I was a nurse in uh, different uh, hospitals. Mm-hmm. And the, the last station was an emergency room. Um um, I, I don't like routine. I'm, I, I like right. the the challenge every day, not to know what happened in the next, what will happen in the next hour. Okay. So um, I changed the emergency room um, with the uh, medical assistance, with worldwide medical assistance. Um, not a big difference, and um, no. yeah, mm. I, I like it indeed to 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 look for um, for solutions, um, and and not everything is easy. Of course, not. But um, with our network and with our great partners we have worldwide, it's um, it's possible to find a solution for, for everything, everywhere in the world. I've heard this from a few of our guests now, that one of the big appeals of the move from healthcare practice to the assistance industry is that it, um, it has less routine and it has less predictability. So the kind of things that you're going to be challenged with and the kind of um, emergencies that that come up. Do you find that's is that correct for you? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, even if I worked in an, in an emergency room, it was still a Catholic hospital with strict borders. Um, oh. you, you could, you, yeah, you could move within these borders, but not more left and not more right. And more or less, every every day was the same. Okay. Yeah, the the emergencies were different, but um, your your day 
was every day the same. So um, it's absolutely right. In, in in the medical assistance, worldwide medical assistance, you have everyday surprises, even after 20 years. <laughs> wow, right. That's, there's a lot to say for that. That's probably not the case with that many professions, really. It is. For me, it's perfect, definitely. I, I, I don't like routine, and, and um, this is what I definitely not have in, in my job. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Do, do, do you manage a team of people? Yes, yes. My The direct team I manage is the, the operations team and the TPA team. Um, it's uh, around uh, 35 to 40 people, more or less. That's rather a lot. Um, this is yeah, a, a huge team. And when I started with MD Medicals, the whole company fitted in one office. <laughs> <Right>. So, <laughs> so um, we are far away from that point. So, um, yeah, my team is between 35 and 40 people, yeah. And how do you find that element of the job? Because that's very different to when you come... From a, particularly from a nursing background, you, you don't have to manage and run a team and supervise staff and keep people working and worry about who's on holiday and sick that day and things. How do you find that half of the job? Ah, this is sometimes hard, but I, I, I not started as a COO and not, not as a team manager. So I started as a normal um, assistance coordinator. Um and and I I, uh, I grown with the company, so um, I, I learned how to to manage a team um, by doing mistakes. I think it's very important to do mistakes and to learn from it. Oh, so, so much! And um, I suppose you've had the opportunity as well to kind of grow with the company. It sounds like the company was quite small when you joined, and you've yeah. been there through the growth. So um, yeah. you'd be the right person to lead the team, really. Yeah, we, when, we, when, when I started with them, the Medicus in 2002, we were 20 people. Oh, goodness. <laughs> right. Yeah. All in Ludwigshafen, in, in the only office we, we had at this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, 20 people and everybody was responsible for everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it started, yeah. I can, I can see the picture, yeah, there, I get it. Um, okay, so 20 to 400 people, that's that's quite an impressive growth curve over that period of time. Yeah. Clearly doing something Absolutely, right. Absolutely. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Um, is Germany a challenging place to provide assistance? Sometimes it's, it's a bit challenging because um, it's hard to find... Um, stuff the the right stuff for for this kind of work um it, it starts with the problem that the uh, stuff we are looking for paramedics nurses um do not speak uh english or they are scared of speaking english i, I oh, don't really? know it, it's very yeah it, it's really hard um, uh, if you say okay we have a good job for you in an office um not with a patient directly, but you can sit in an office. Um, and uh, but you, you you have to speak English. A lot of people say, ah, oh, no, I don't want this. Um, this is a problem. And the other problem is th that we do not have enough medical stuff in Germany. Not for the hospitals, so not for a medical assistance okay. company. And um, our standard is that everybody in our emergency center in our alarm center has a, a medical education so it needs to be a paramedic right. or a nurse or 
something like that. Right. But we do not have non-medical stuff in our alarm center. And this is our standard. And, and um, especially in the last four or five years, um, it um, became harder to find the stuff. That's an excellent standard to keep, though. That sounds to me like kind of going above and beyond slightly in terms of um, keeping the standards that high. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, but it, it's not easy to, to, to keep that standard. Definitely not. I'm especially not because um, some of our competitors do not have this standard. They have non-medical stuff in the alarm center. Mm. Um, of course, they are trained, um, but they are not from a medical background. And um, this is, in my opinion, not only a difference in the quality you provide in an alarm center. Um, it's also, for, as a company, cheaper for you if you have non-medical yeah. stuff in an alarm center. Certainly. And um, it's also challenging for us if we um, must uh, offer some prices for a new client, for example. Mm. Yeah. Our stuff is definitely more expensive, but everybody has a medical background. So You're offering a premium product, essentially, aren't you? You're a, a yeah. higher, higher quality of service if you're using only medical trained stuff, but then it's got to be paid for. It's got to be covered somehow, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Um, are things generally going well? Now we've all been through pretty rough times, I know, over the last couple of years. Are things back where they were or are you still kind of in recovery? Or, or the opposite? Are things um, no, the, the numbers are, for, for us, the numbers are back where we was um, before COVID pandemic. Um, at this time, uh, there are summer holidays in Germany um, mm. at this time and... Um, um, I think this it's it's more than before the corona pandemic. Really? Every uh, yeah, yeah. Germany must be empty at the moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh sorry, okay, so you mean uh, everyone's traveling from Germany. Everyone is tra yeah, everyone is traveling. Yeah. Are you seeing much everyone tourism into Germany? Um yes, yes, we have increasing number of cases from um Australian, Canadian and US citizen in in Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. And Chinese. Right. Before the pandemic, but, but also before the pandemic. But now a lot of uh, US, Canadian and Australian tourists in Germany. Especially the the typical cities, Munich, Hamburg, Berlin. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, good, I suppose. And and I know we, we've talked a little bit about Mallorca, which is actually home for you. We seem to be going off on Germany. But that's um, equally seen a, a pretty impressive tourism recovery, hasn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, of course, a lot of uh, German tourists and, and, and British as... as uh, before COVID and uh, new for the island is a huge number of French tourists. Okay, and that's new. I don't, I, I don't know why, but um, a really huge number of French tourists. Oh, very interesting. Um, so we've, we've talked a little bit about your role. You mentioned that part of your responsibility is to yeah. go and represent the company at, at these events and things. What, what, what are they really like? I, this is a huge fun for me, indeed. Um, I, I like that very much mm. um, to to meet all those people, doing the same the same uh, job, uh, more or less, right. uh, like me, and and to to meet all these crazy people, and um, it's it's always a big fun. And um, I my first ITIC was in two thousand ten, I think. I'm not sure. It was Athens, right? Gosh, also okay. Athens, yeah. And um, 
I, I was there as a complete greenhorn. I, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know anybody. And it, it's, it, it was like going to a family party and you are not invented. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's, a, it's a huge fun and it's very interesting to, to learn about the other companies to, to see what they are doing new new and um, what, what happened in the last 12 months and uh, yeah it's the best uh, opportunity to to meet all those people in one place in one week that's an interesting thing that, that you've mentioned there which I, I i certainly felt quite strongly for a while but this idea of kind of turning up at someone else's family party where you you, you might have gate crashed or you they didn't know you were coming or something um <laughs> yeah, the, yeah it's because it is such a close industry and uh, people do know each other well. They see each other frequently at these events. How long did it take you to actually feel part of it and to start to feel more welcome and integrated? Um, I would say um, after the second ITIC, the second one, I was the, the year after was in, in Istanbul. Right. And after the second ITIC, um, I, I, I would say I was part of the family. Yeah. <laughs> And particularly if you're in charge of managing the supplier network as well, you must be um, quite a busy networker, I imagine. Yes, I, I, I try to be. Yes, uh, I, I try to, to keep my, my to keep to, to stay in contact with all the important people in our network. And, and to the ITIC is one very important uh, part of, of my network mm -hmm. um, uh, you, you can meet new people you can meet um, known known partners and uh, um, uh, LinkedIn also very important to to learn about other companies and to find new solutions you maybe need and um, yeah every day <laughs> I, I, I so on this podcast we have not yet interviewed someone who's job title is network manager and uh, mm -hmm. i'm very keen to because i think even the the idea of a network manager and, and that role what a network what a network manager actually is doesn't really exist very much outside of the assistance industry um mm, no you're right you cannot you cannot learn it no <laughs> it's it's a little bit like being the head of purchasing or the head of recruitment almost you you are in charge kind of the gatekeeper in charge of who we will and won't work with and then managing all of those professional relationships it's incredibly vast it's a bit of a bit of a rock star role really isn't it <laughs> oh a rock star okay I, I i don't think i'm a rock star but um <laughs> it, it's um Sometimes you you have to find new solutions, and um, my my team is coming to me and say, okay, we have uh, this and that problem in whatever Ethiopia, for example, oh. and um, it's your job. Please find a solution for us. And this, then I start to to look uh, LinkedIn, Google, whatever. Is there maybe a solution? Is there maybe a hospital we can contact? I try to find out who's the CEO. How can I contact the CEO? Um, it's it's more like um. um a detective sometimes to to find a, a maybe solution mm. and um yeah sometimes you lose <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Right>. that's, that's <laughs> it sounds yeah. really challenging and it sounds like a role with loads and loads of different moving parts all over the place 
all these relationships to try and stay on top of and different people in different countries all over the world to try and kind of manage and understand and get along with um But it's not an eight to five. It's not no. eight to five. Definitely not. Um, and um, it's, yeah, it's normal that my mobile is ringing at, at 11 in the evening right. with someone has a question. Maybe one of my team, maybe one of our partners, um, one of our network partners um, texting me via WhatsApp and say, hey, we have a patient in Germany. I need help. Uh, and um, yeah, this is part of the job. It's definitely not eight to five. I mean, nothing in this industry is, is eight to five at all, really, no. is it? It just doesn't no, exist. Not, not if you are doing it uh, seriously. But if it was, you wouldn't like it anyway, would you? You wouldn't enjoy that in anything like the no. same way? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, um, Definitely not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an industry full of people who kind of don't mind letting work really spill into their life a bit more than yeah. they maybe should. Yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah I'm, I'm, I'm the same my business is 24 hours a day and and if it wakes me up at two o'clock in the morning that's just that's just the way it goes sometimes isn't it yeah yeah great okay well i think we've covered everything in terms of the business I, i'm always curious just to know what what do you do outside of work how do you switch off and relax Oh, what I do outside of work, okay. Do you remember um, that thing, that the rest of your time that's apparently not work? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's that's right, that's right. Um, okay, uh, of course, my family, my dog. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I have uh, two adult children in uh, living in Germany, but I, I try to uh, share also some time, of course, with, with them. If, if they want to see their old father. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> They're normally far too busy, um, I'm sure, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. I love being with friends. Uh, in, in indeed, in some restaurants, in bars, at the beach, whatever, and and um, enjoy, enjoying the time here on, on the island. Of course, right. I've never been to Mallorca, and I see it from the perspective of a holiday destination, which is really yes. what most of us associate Mallorca with. What's it like to live in a place like that? That that everyone oh, just, just goes to party for two weeks and comes home again. It's completely different. Is it? Um, uh, yeah, it is. Um, everybody knows Mallorca as the party hotspot in 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 Europe, mm -hmm. but and this this part is only uh, Arenal. It's it's one part of of Palma de Mallorca, and it's we we talk about an area of one and a half kilometer, right. and um, that that that's all. That's Arenal, and um, there are all these. Um, clubs and and bars uh, party locations whatever okay. and um yeah I, i live in the middle of the island in a in a in a little village the next bigger city is inca we are far away from from the typical tourist areas and we have the real mallorca life the 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 real mallorcan people and um yeah We do not have. Uh, no, we have one hotel in in our village. Uh, uh -huh. Only six six rooms available. <laughs> wow, right. Um, yeah, this is our hotel, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, that's all we have uh, from from the tourists. So, um, right, it's okay, completely so you, different. So you're in the real life bit of Mallorca, where real I people think so. live and I do think real so. jobs. And and yes, I think so. And we try not to be. We try not to be those typical German expats with the um uh, german uh, hairdresser and the german uh, <laughs> right. bank counselor and the german whatever okay so um 
everything in our uh, area is Spanish or Mallorquin, definitely. And um, I'm not, I, I not uh, moved to Mallorca to state German or have everything in German available. So, um, oh, good for you. Well, us, yeah. us Brits are globally renowned for doing that. And particularly in Spain, for some reason. We all go to Spain and look for fish and chip shops and English pubs. And... I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows this now. I'm not teaching you anything, am I? <laughs> Uh, uh, if you go to Santa Ponsa, for example, um, uh, in uh, the Calvia region in Mallorca, Santa Ponsa is, uh, uh, or Magaluf, is a typical uh, British area with mm -hmm. uh, the fish and chips shop and the British bank. Uh, everything is British there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, that little, little empire still extends yeah. into Spain, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, fantastic. Okay. So... It sounds like your 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 private time has a pretty relaxed vibe to it. Is that, is that about right? That's fair. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a good quality as well, especially when you have a stressful job. You've got to be able to to let it go. It's important. You? Yeah. Yeah. Are you good at that? Are you, Definitely. Can you, are you can switch off work and forget it. Uh, more or less. Yeah, it depends on the day. But uh, I, I have twenty five kilometers between the office and my house, and oh, okay. um, I, I I use usually these 25 kilometers to to calm down and um yeah hear a podcast and calm down and um, that's that's a good time ah nice yeah. what kind of podcast did you listen to ah crime podcasts ah do you yeah <laughs> i've only very recently discovered a couple of those in fact the previous episode before this was uh, Natalie Arnold, and she recommended a couple of them. They're the first ones I've ever listened mm -hmm. to, but they're brilliant. They're, what kind of things? Really, what kind of things do you like? I really like it. Uh, everything about murders or, or um, <laughs> economic crimes or yeah, whatever. It's it, yeah. There's a, a good one. It's uh, from the German magazine the Die Zeit. The Time is one of the, the okay biggest newspapers in germany and they have a huge crime uh, magazine um, print and online and um, they also produce a very good podcast and I, I like that very much i'm assuming that would be in german it is in german oh, yes <laughs> I, I won't be able to help out with that one i'm afraid then but i do yeah, enjoy but you, you are you are the language specialist <laughs> not sadly not that language not for me not not, not me personally anyway but, um but isn't it isn't it a um I don't know what it says about humans that we love listening to stories of crime so much. We're it's an interesting strange. species. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people like it. Yeah. In, in German television, there are also, especially in the night, a lot of those crime series. And, mm. uh, and the same applies to books as well. Probably the most common subject of any, hmm? certainly any successful yeah. book franchise is murder. It's just crime and, 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 and psycho. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, there's always one last question that I ask everyone here and mm -hmm. you're not going to get away from it. So and I want it from you as well. Um, okay. If I could give you complete kind of godlike powers and, and give you the ability to change absolutely anything. Um, wow. I know it's one of those questions that, that you can get very, very complicated with it or just take it at face value and give a nice, easy answer. But either way, it says something about you. Um, what, what, what would be the first thing or the, the notable thing that you'd like to go and change? That's a big question. It is, yeah. Um, oh, but I think it's easy. Um, 
I think we have an incredible social injustice in our world, and um, uh, I don't talk about the the typical be- difference between rich and poor. Mm-hmm. Um, we have 2022, and there are still people on this planet who don't have access to clean water. Goodness. While others use it to fill their 50 meter pools. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we can pump oil halfway around the planet, but we can't pump clean water to, for example, Ethiopia, where it's currently a huge problem with clean water. Mm. Um, I think I would use the power of the money to build water pipelines. Wow. Right. Pragmatic, but but brilliant. But I can't, I can't fault that. There's nothing wrong with that one at all. <laughs> You're right, though. If we can do it with oil, why can't we just send water everywhere it needs to be? Yeah. Thousands of kilometers with oil, no problem. But the, the, I, I don't know one water pipeline. Right. No, I mean, neither do I, because that's not something I would know about. But I see, I see, I completely see your point. Um, we've got electricity going absolutely everywhere that it's needed, haven't we? Why, why, why not water? Why not water? Yeah. And I think that it's maybe a solution for a lot of problems in this world. Right. So there you go. So if you could click your fingers and change something clean water everywhere i've got no idea of the scale of the picture but yeah that that would be saving hundreds of thousands if not millions of lives a year wouldn't it yeah definitely mm. good for you that's a good one and if nothing more selfish you don't want to just make yourself a foot taller or better at tennis or something no good for you i'm happy with <laughs> i'm happy with my life like it is <laughs> good and you're tall enough definitely yeah yeah <laughs> Good stuff. Okay. Um, I think we've probably covered everything. I always ask the guests one last thing, which is, is there anything that you want to plug? Anything you want to share with people? Any exciting news? Any opportunities before we go? At the moment, I can share that we uh, are looking for new stuff, indeed, for our operations. Okay. Um, We are growing um still growing and we will have new clients uh, starting in the end of the year and now we are looking for new stuff for our operations in germany and also in mallorca so if someone is interested right give me a call or send me an email put the feelers out <laughs> and send them your way fantastic yeah. and and that's medically trained stuff obviously as we've discussed medical trained stuff yes yes yeah experience in medical assistance is not required but um a medical education, nurse, paramedic, whatever. How can people get hold of you if they need to find you? Yeah. Through LinkedIn or uh, Xing. The the German version of LinkedIn is, is Xing. You can use it. Oh, that's not one I'm familiar one. with. But... X-I-N-G, yes. Right. X-I-N-G is the German oh. version of LinkedIn, more or less. Or... Oh, I see. One of the downsides to this, once we get... Once we get into like the whole informal chat, I never use anyone's surname at all. So you're... It's, yeah. it's Sven... Now I'm... I'm not going to even try and do your surname justice, so forgive me. Scharf. Scharf. I can't Scharf, do the S-C-H yes. sound, the Scharf. Um, yeah, S-C-H-A-R-F-F. So okay, like so as, as I would, being a Brit, call that Sven Scarf. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Scarf or Scharf, yeah, Scharf. Um, but that's how people can find you on LinkedIn. Um, what, Sven, it's been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this. Um I hope it's been of use to people listening to us, or just of interest to people listening okay. to us. Um, it's been nice to hear more about MD Medicus, the company, uh, and and you as well. I hope it's thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It's been fun. Thank you very much.